Our reading today is found in Luke chapter 22, verses 31 to 34, and then skipping over a section and pulling back into the section about Peter in, in verses 54 to 62. Would you please stand with me for the reading of God's word? Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail and that you once again have turned again will strengthen your brothers. But he said to him, Lord, with you, I am ready to go both to prison and to death. And he said, I say to you, Peter, the rooster will not crow today until you have denied me three times that you know me. Having arrested him, they led Jesus away and brought him to the house of the high priest. But Peter was following at a distance. After they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down, Peter was sitting among them. And a servant girl seeing him as he sat in the firelight and looking intently at him said, this man was with him too. But he denied it saying, woman, I do not know him. A little later, another saw him and said, you are one of them too. But Jesus said, man, I am not. After an hour had passed, another man began to insist saying, certainly this man was with him for he is a Galilean too. But Peter said, man, I do not know what you're talking about. And immediately while he was still speaking, a rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked at Peter, and people, Peter remembered the word of the Lord and how he had told him, before a rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. <clears throat> We are in a season of what the ancient church called Lent. The Latin word Lente is the word that means slowly. And the idea is that Lent was pointing to spring when things were slowly beginning to come back into bloom. But it was an invitation to slow down and to prepare for the new that was coming, much like tilling the ground, breaking up the old soil, taking away the old roots, cleaning out the flower beds, and getting it prepared for that new life which is to come. It is a time in which we are to take stock of our lives. It was patterned after Jesus 40 days in the wilderness, in the desert, in a sense as he was preparing for his ministry. The modern perspective has grown more into the focus on denying oneself or refraining from certain normal healthy things or pleasures to give more time to focus on the coming of Easter. And yet what was underlying all of this was it was to cause us to look very deeply at the fact of how weak and how vulnerable 
we actually are, how much we need the renewing work of Easter, how much we need the work of the cross in our lives. No one gives us a better picture of this than Peter. And seeing the cross and seeing Jesus through his eyes. In keeping and remembering the Passover with his disciples, Jesus is preparing them for his death. He is preparing them for what they literally didn't have any idea all that was going to come and everything that it meant. But Satan knew that something very big was happening. And so he says, Jesus says, Satan has asked permission to sift you like wheat. And the word you is plural. It was really a, a permission for all of the disciples, but specifically focusing on this leadership that was seen in Peter, exactly the way he tested Job. So Satan hit Peter at his most vulnerable point, the point at which Peter thought he was strongest, and that was his loyalty to Christ. In Peter's eyes, he saw himself capable of following Jesus. Lord, I will go with you to prison. I will follow you even to death. That was Peter's view of himself as he looked at Christ. He did not see his weakness or his vulnerability. His confidence hid it from him. But the Lord had warned him and the Lord said, I have prayed for you, Peter, but you will deny me three times this very day. Now note how specific that is, three times. Why would you think that it would be three times? As I was thinking about myself, I thought how easy it is the first time when something happens that you, in a sense, turn away from following Christ, you could say, well, you know, I really didn't mean that. I was, I, I was just caught off guard. And you can excuse yourself. The second time when he is confronted again and now kind of pressed that you're one of them and he denies it, he could realize, well, you know, I was, I was thinking about trying to figure out when was the right time to step up to do something to help Jesus. And so I, did, I didn't really mean to say that. But when you deny the Lord three times, there's no more excuse. There is no excuse. So when we look at these denials, pay close attention to what is being said and what is being denied. After Jesus is arrested, Peter does exactly as he, does, as he says, he promises. He follows Jesus. He's the only one who followed Jesus. He's the only one who went into the very courtyard where Jesus was. Now we know John evidently was there um, because he, his family knew the high priest, probably because John came from a wealthy home and, and his home from Zebedee had provided um, the best of fish that the high priest enjoyed. But Peter is there. He is right in the middle of the action. He's doing exactly as he said he was. He's following him as far as he possibly can. 
But this time, when he is asked about it, he denies the Lord. He says, I don't know him. I don't know him. And he could have thought, wait a minute, I, I was not prepared. This, this, that, that, that happened too fast. I didn't, really, I didn't really mean that. But the second time, he actually denies himself. You're one of the Galileans also. You're part of his group, aren't you? And Peter at this point says, I am not a part of that group. Now, what is he thinking? These denials didn't happen just instantly, one right after another. There are things that occur in this. We're actually told about some timings in this section. Wow, he could have thought, I, I, I'm really getting pushed. I'm really getting cornered here. What am I going to do? But then the script very clearly says, an hour passed, an entire hour. What is he thinking? What's going through his mind? As he tried to collect himself now and say, wait a minute, he's still not thinking about what the Lord had said to him. He's thinking about himself and how he's going to handle this situation. And then finally the third time comes and now he denies even being acquainted with the Lord. All four gospels tell the story. And whenever something is told in all four gospels, it's because God wants everybody to know it. <laughs> and so everybody is supposed to know about what Peter has done here. Listen to how Mark states this. Luke is a little soft on him, but Mark states it this way when he's saying, you're one of them too. And he says, he began to curse and swear. I do not know this man that you are talking about. Cursed and he swore. How do you move away from that kind of denial? At that very moment, the rooster crows and he is brought to remember. Wow, Jesus said that about me. And he looks at Jesus and Jesus is looking at him. Wow, can you imagine how he felt at that moment? Can you put yourself in those shoes? And he says he went out and he wept bitterly. How does Jesus see him? I mean, how does Peter see himself now in light of Jesus? I'm a traitor. I'm worse. I'm almost his enemy. He is so deeply into what he himself sees. but he didn't remember what Jesus said. Because Jesus said three things. He says, Peter, Satan has demanded permission. Satan can do nothing without permission. He has demanded permission. Peter, you have a very real enemy a very powerful enemy 
who is going to try to come after you at your weakest point. And your weakest point is where you think you are strongest. Secondly, he says, but I have prayed for you. You see, we not only have a powerful enemy, we have a more powerful intercessor. And Jesus has prayed for him. And thirdly, he says, you will come through this because once you have turned, and the word literally means once you have backtracked your steps to, this, to these words, you will strengthen the faith of your brothers. And please note what Jesus said he would pray. He says, I have prayed for you that your faith would not fail. Not that you wouldn't fail. Not that I didn't pray for you to be strong. I didn't pray for your strength. I prayed for your faith. And now for the first time, Peter is having to think about how he sees this Jesus. Now flash forward, we have to bring the thing to conclusion of which we're all familiar with. It's a very interesting thing. The scriptures never waste a phrase. Two times in the gospel, it mentions that there was a charcoal fire, which is literally what this means. Right here in Luke 22:55, and after they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter was sitting among them. And then secondly, on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, it says Jesus had kindled a fire. That fire was there because he wanted to remind Peter of his denials. But not to make him feel bad, not to condemn him, but to bring him back. Because he says, once you have turned, you will strengthen your brothers. And he does this in front of all of the disciples. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord. Then tend my sheep. Peter, do you really love me? Yes, Lord, you know all things. Then tend my lambs. Peter, do you really love me more than these? Lord, you know all things. You know I love you. Wonderful. Then shepherd my lambs. Restores him completely in front of all of his disciples. Because you see, what Peter needed to learn to do was that we don't look at the Lord only through our own eyes. We will never grasp the Lord fully if we only look at him through our own eyes. Only through the eyes of faith of what he says about himself and who he is and what he has done for us. 
Because you see, now it's through the eyes of the cross. But the cross was not given just to forgive our sins. That was just a means to get something out of the way. It was to see Jesus and his grace and his love and his forgiveness. Because what Jesus wants us to do is to be restored to a relationship with him. And that's what makes this week so powerful. Reverend Ron Rollhauser, in a wonderful book entitled The Rediscovery of the Meaning of Lent and Easter, God for Us, he says this in the, in the opening introduction. Lent invites us to stop eating, so to speak, whatever protects us from having to face the desert that is inside of us. It invites us to feel our smallness, to feel our vulnerability, to feel our fears, to open ourselves to the chaos of the desert so that we can finally give the angels a chance to feed us. And that's what Jesus wants to do. Because of the cross, he invites us to be fed and to enjoy it in a relationship with him so that we can see him as he really is through the eyes of faith in him. Let's pray together. Our great and wonderful God, we thank you that Jesus bids us to come that we might enter into his joy. But it's possible because he entered through the cross that we might have that relationship with him. Now take a few moments and pray silently as the Spirit of God speaks to you from his word.